morning everyone. Um, our Bible reading today is, as Benjamin said, Psalm 98. And so on, in this Bible, if you've got one of those in the pew in front of you, is on page um, 426 down the bottom. And the other version is page um, 603. Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant songs with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing for joy, together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. Uh, let's pray and uh, we'll um, dive into this passage of scripture. Father, thank you so much for uh, giving us your word and your spirit. And thank you that your spirit uh, takes your word and enlightens our mind and reshapes our hearts. And that's what we would pray that uh, he would be doing for us now as we come to consider this psalm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, the choir leader was very frustrated that uh, she could only attract children and seniors uh, into her choirs. Uh, no one in the middle. Until she discovered the magic ingredient. Beer. Beer. And so in 2017, Pub Choir was formed and it has become a sensation as uh, thousands of people uh, now buy their tickets at $47.15, I think they are, and uh, they flock to uh, large concert-type venues uh, right across Australia, across New Zealand and across the United States in order to sing together. How about that, eh? Uh, it's become a, uh, quite a sensation and it's described on its website as being, and I quote, equal parts music, comedy and beer. Pub choir, it says, quote, is a euphoric sensation that transforms a crowd of tipsy strangers into a legendary choir. How about that? Ordinary people with ordinary verses discovering the pleasure of singing together and some for the very first time. Uh, although it's nothing new to Christians, is it? Uh, in fact, uh, singing together without the beer uh, is kind of what we do, like we've been doing here uh, this morning um, and uh, we do every week. And it's great, isn't it? It's terrific. As we sing songs which, uh, which praise our God and encourage each other in our relationship with him. 
It's terrific stuff. You know, we could get by without singing, couldn't we, if we had to? Um, but singing is different to speaking, isn't it? Because for it, we express not just words, but words with, with feeling. Um, feelings of happiness, uh, sometimes feelings of sadness as we sing songs of repentance. And often sing songs of joy, uh, not because we're tipsy, but because we know um, of what we are singing about. Um, singing together as God's people have done, not just for decades, not even for centuries, but for thousands of years. Thousands of years. Uh, in fact, the Old Testament book of Psalms is actually a, well, it's a song book. That's what it is. Uh, the original title in Hebrew means songs of praise. And the word psalm itself means a song which is sung to music as opposed to a cappella, I guess. Uh, which means that um, Psalm 98, our passage today, which you might want to have open, is a song. And it's actually a song about singing. A song about singing. Now, <clears throat> a bit of nostalgia here for me. Um, back in the 1980s, when I was a, a skinny, young Christian guy in my, in my 20s, uh, in my church that I was part of, we used to sing a song which was actually, um, which was basically the first three verses of this psalm. Now, I'd like to sing it for you, um, but I don't think that'll be very edifying for you. Um, but um, Psalm 98 helps us to understand not only that we should sing, but also why we sing. And we don't have to dive too deep into the psalm to see that. In fact, if you have a look at verse 1, it says, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. A new song. Now, um, I quite like many new songs, don't you? Uh, but I also like... Um, many of the old songs. I was talking with a minister recently and he was, he was, uh, he was, he was complaining that uh, in his song, in his church, they, they mostly sung songs from the, which were written in the 2010s. And he said to me, no new songs. I thought, well, how sad for you, brother. <laughs> how sad. Uh, this is not about when the song was written, I mean, it could be a, a brand new song, hot off the press, but more importantly, a new song is one which expresses the freshness of what God has done. Uh, which in verse 1 is that by his right hand and his holy arm, that is by his strength and his character, God has saved his people. Now, the word which is translated here as salvation um, actually has a bit more meaning packed into it in the original because it, it includes a sense of, of victory. In fact, when we sung that song in my church in the 1980s, that's how we sang it, with the Lord has brought about a victory uh, from the King James Version. Uh, and when you think about it, God's salvation and his victory, they're sort of like two sides to the same coin often, aren't they? 
I mean, uh, when God saved Israel, what did that usually mean? Well, it meant sometimes he saved them from a, a, a plague or a sickness. But um, it often meant that he gave them a victory, a victory over an enemy nation, a nation uh, which was attacking or even oppressing them, like the Egyptians or like the Philistines. And when he does that, when he saves his people, when he gives his people a victory, in verse 3 we are told that he has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. Sounds a bit strange, don't you think? I mean, what's, what's going on here? Has God, would God have forgotten his love um, for his people? Um, you know, have the, uh, his promises to Abraham just kind of slipped his mind and he needed to be reminded? No, uh, God hasn't forgotten anything, but by saving Israel from her enemies, uh, he has activated his love. He has displayed his faithfulness towards them. Now, these days when an, uh, an army wins a battle, uh, word spreads pretty quickly, doesn't it? In fact, uh, the army might even have a CNN reporter with a, with a cameraman embedded uh, with the troops uh, reporting the victory live straight into your lounge rooms. <laughs> it's, that, it's that quick. Uh, in the ancient world, uh, news obviously spread a bit more slowly than that. But as word got out about a victory, the other nations would hear about it and that they would hear that um, Israel's God was not a God to be messed with, that he is righteous and that he saved his people. And it's that which, God, which gave God's people a very good reason to sing to the Lord a new song. Imagine how thrilled Israel was when they escaped from Egypt, when God parted the sea and they crossed the sea on dry land and they looked back and they saw the pursuing Egyptian army being swallowed up by the water. They would have been thrilled by that. And in, in fact, in Exodus chapter 15, uh, they actually did break out into song about it. But in verse 3, the news of God's saving victory has spread we're told, to the ends of the earth. You see that? To the ends of the earth. You know, which could mean, uh, you know, just the, uh, the, the nations that were around, but it seems to be saying a bit more than that, doesn't it? It seems to be saying more than it's just spread to the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Jebusites. It seems to be saying something greater. In Luke chapter 3... When John the Baptist came preparing the way for God's king, Luke says that the reason why John the Baptist came was, and I quote, so that all mankind will see God's salvation. All mankind would see God's salvation. Sounds a bit like what Psalm 98 was hinting at. And uh, then if you have a look in verse 4, the psalmist then, well, he, he swings the, 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 the choir door wide open to not just Israel. Um, check it out, verse 4. He says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. 
with trumpets and the blast of ram's horns. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. Now, um, who then is invited to join this choir and join the orchestra? It's all the earth, isn't it? It's all the earth. Did you see that? The whole world is invited to shout for joy in song. The whole world. The whole world, imagine that. I mean, uh, there's, we, we, there's no modern equivalent. Of, there's no equivalent in our world today of that. I mean, uh, a few months ago when South Africa beat New Zealand in the World Cup uh, final by one point, I can assure you that there was at least one nation in the whole world that was shouting for joy. And they would have been making some pretty good music as well. But this is not about a, a victorious sporting team. It's about a victorious king. And it's in response to something which seems, well, it seems greater than God saving Israel from an oppressive neighbour. In fact, it's language which is threaded throughout some other key passages in the Bible. Um, like this one, for example, from Zechariah chapter 9. Let me read that to you. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations his rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the, the earth. Now, you see, Zechariah was one of the, um, was one of the last of the uh, Old Testament um, books which was written. But um, can you see in that the similarities with Psalm 98? Um, rejoicing greatly, shouting as the king comes who is righteous, who, is brings, who brings salvation, who proclaims peace to the nations and rules to the ends of the earth. And how does he come? Riding on a donkey. Um, you know, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, what was he sitting on the back of? A donkey. And as the crowds honoured him with palm leaves, shouting Hosanna to the son of David, well, that actually means that they were welcoming him as Hosanna, as saviour, as the son of David, king. Saviour and king. The themes of Psalm 98, and, and which angered the Pharisees who were worried and spoke amongst themselves, muttering these words, saying, See, see how the whole world has come after him. And so, in Psalm 98, Israel, Israel was to sing a new song to the Lord. Next, the whole earth was to shout for joy. And then in verse 7, the psalmist takes it, takes it further. Check out verse 7. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy, let them... Sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. 
it's another level, isn't it? It's another level of, of singing. It's another, another type of choir altogether. It's, it's, it's as if normal language just is, is incapable of expressing the gladness and the joy. This is not pub choir. This is not a World Cup victory. This is the whole of creation erupting, erupting in resounding songs of joy to the Lord. Resounding. It's an interesting word. It's, it's sound resounding. It's, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a massive, incalculably big echo chamber which is just filled with the glorious praise of God. And why? Because he comes to judge the world with righteousness. That's what it says. Why is that something which we would praise him for? I mean, when we open our eyes to our world, we know that there is so much which is, which is not right which is not righteous. There is so much sin and the effects of sin. And, and we all have, we, we should have, this innate sense of, of justice that wrongdoing must be corrected, even punished. Now, imagine if the great God of the universe did not care about wrongdoing. Um, imagine that God uh, just brushed, uh, brushed it all under the carpet as if it didn't matter, as if he was just completely neutral to the idea and that sin, wrongdoing, was left unpunished. Can you imagine a God like that? We'd hate that, wouldn't we? That would be dreadful. But then we examine our own lives and we realise, hey, that's actually me too. Because when you think about it, uh, we, we don't even live up to our own standards of what's right and what's wrong, let alone God's standards. So we, we don't want sin to continue unpunished, but we don't want to be judged ourselves. And yet we are to sing a new song. What kind of song could that be? How about a song about a king? Not a king who rode into Jerusalem to be crowned with jewels, but rather to be crowned with thorns. As by dying on the cross, he bore the judgment which we know should have been ours. And by raising from the grave, he achieved the greatest victory imaginable. Victory over death. Victory over the evil one. So that we can experience salvation. So that we can be forgiven and changed forever. I love the idea of pub choir. Although I reckon we could do it without the beer, don't you? 
Uh, on their website, they have a, um, a section for FAQs, that's frequently asked questions, and like this one, a question, a frequently asked question is this, I want to come to pub choir, but what if I don't like the songs? Will you change a song for me? <laughs> to which the answer is basically, look, we're open to suggestions, but basically it's not about you. <laughs> We sing lots of great songs in church here, don't we? But the essence of our new song is not up for negotiation because it's the gospel of Jesus. Because the marvellous thing which God has done by his right hand and his holy arm is the death and resurrection of his son for our salvation. That's the victory. And that's the news which has spread not just to Israel but to the, to the ends of the earth, to all the peoples of the Middle East and to Europeans and Asians and Africans and Indigenous Australians and to all peoples everywhere. And it's a victory for all who trust in Jesus as Saviour and King. And it's news which hasn't stopped spreading, has it? It's news which continues to spread every day as ordinary people, people, people like you and me, simply tell others about Jesus and what he has done, the great victory that God has achieved. What is it, friends, which, which rouses our emotions when we sing in church? Uh, the tune is important, isn't it? The tune is really important as it captures the appropriate mood of the song. But it's the content of the new song, of what God has done for us in Jesus. It's the content which is the basis of our emotions, of joy, of gratitude, of love and of praise. And, and I've got to tell you, it's not just for now, it's for all of eternity. Um, do you enjoy uh, singing together in church? Not always? Usually? Can't get enough of it? Well, I've got to tell you this. What we do here on Sundays, you're going to be doing for a long time in heaven. <laughs> it's a foretaste of what, of, of, of what happens in heaven. Where in Revelation chapter 5, there is a picture of a choir, a choir which is bigger than pub choir, a choir which far exceeds even the euphoria of Psalm 98. It's a choir which is made up of every creature in heaven and on earth. And angels, countless angels, 10,000 times 10,000 angels. And do you know what they're singing? It says they're singing a new song about the one who alone is worthy because he was slain and with his blood he purchased men and women for God. From every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. The gospel of Jesus. Worth singing about, don't you reckon? Worth telling others about as well. So that they might trust in Jesus and join us in that heavenly choir forever. Let's pray.
Father, we, uh, we rejoice as we reflect on all that you've done for us, especially in Christ Jesus. We thank you and we praise you and we honour you that he was obedient even unto death on a cross for us and for our salvation. Father, we thank you that he's been risen from the dead, that he's risen victoriously from the grave, that death has been defeated, that sin has been paid for, that the evil one is put where he will be forever. And Father, we thank you that we can continue to praise and glorify you and honour you uh, for all of eternity. And we only ask that um, we would be making that news known to others. Help us even this week to open our mouths for Jesus and that others might hear and be saved. And we pray in his most precious name. Amen. Amen.